This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time now for our fortnightly catch-up with Orokanui Eco-Sanctuary Educator Tahu McKenzie who joins us on the line now. Morena Tahu, good to have you with us. Oh, morena koutou, nā mihi aroha noe kia koutou. So great to be with you, Jess, thank you. Well, I hope you're wrapped up warm on this chilly day, the chilliest day of the year probably so far. Tahu, a change of seasons definitely in the air. Very exciting. Yes, I'm very wrapped up, very warm, multiple layers, merino and all sorts, Jeff. I hope you're nice and warm too. I'm snugly warm in the ORFM studio here in Dunedin Community House. No better place to be. Now, Tahu, uh, there's, let's catch up on a few things that have been happening at, at the Eco Sanctuary. A uh, lovely little story about uh, a, a Kiwi. Tell us about this. Well, we're so lucky that since 2010, we have been able to bring kiwi back to Otago and the kind of kiwi that we originally had at Orokanui and indeed in the South Island uh, has become locally extinct so we haven't been able to bring that exact one back but we have been able to bring the rarest kiwi species back which is the Haas Tokoweka kiwi from the west coast and they're actually very tough Jeff so over on the west coast their burrows get filled up with snow and then they kick the snow out of their burrows and things like that so they'll be okay in this weather with all their lovely fluffy feathers but since 2010 we've had 22 adult kiwis at Orokanui as an insurance population in the lower part of the sanctuary and then in the upper part of the sanctuary we're very lucky that it's a kiwi creation so every year we look after little baby kiwis which is really exciting and they come to us when they're between 20 and 60 days old, so you could just hold them in your in your hands, like they're tiny when they first arrive. And they've been taken as eggs from the wild on the west coast, because if they're left there as eggs, they just get gobbled up straight away. And then they're hatched in a lab, and then when they come to us, they've never ever been outside, and they have to learn how to be kiwis, and it's really cool, and we feed them. And we gradually drop down the amount of food that we give them and they figure out those things for themselves. But very excitingly, of course, all those adult Kiwis from the insurance population have been having babies, you know, in the more than 10 years that they've been there now. And we're finally starting to find the babies. So the other day we had the lovely Department of Conservation team come out with their specially trained dogs who are very good at sniffing out all the kiwis but won't eat the kiwis, Jeff. Very important. Very good, very good. And they found one of the babies, so it's very exciting. And this beautiful kiwi, we think, hatched last year and weighs 800 grams, that's a really good weight. And we do these special health checks on them and we sort of feel their their body, their lovely, under their lovely fluffy feathers. And if you can feel their, their bones or their spine or anything like that, that means, you know, they need more food. But this one was very lovely and plump and healthy, so it's a great result for us. And just tell us a little bit more about, about the work that you do with Doc around this. So do they periodically come through um, for, for exactly this reason, just to, just to check um, on, you know, the populations and, and where they are? Yes, they do. So... Every few years, they'll, they'll come out and just see how they're all doing. And we also, uh, over time, just need to check on their habitat and everything like that with Dr. 
to make sure that there's heaps of food and it's a really flourishing and healthy habitat for them. And before we got them back in 2010, we had to go around and dig all these holes and weigh all the worms and bugs that were in the in the ground and make sure there was a lot of food for them. So there's all sorts of things like that that we have to keep an eye on. And at the moment, Jeff, one of the baby kiwis in the crèche, Sonic, who is very amazing but has always been quite a strong individual, which I know we can relate to, he he came to us as a wee baby kiwi and he found it really hard to sleep during the day, <laughs> which, which you can understand. And not only that, but when his fellow baby kiwis graduated, he actually lost his transmitter and went AWOL. And so the other baby kiwis graduated and went to these little predator-free islands in the Marlborough Sounds. But Sonic has been on the loose and has been AWOL since that time. And we've just caught little glimpses of his wee fluffy bottom disappearing into the bushes. Well, haven't been able to catch him. Clearly Sonic <laughs> prefers the environment and wants to stay at the eco-sanctuary. Yes, which I can completely understand. And I'd love him to stay, but we do have to let them graduate to these little predator-free islands. But yes, he's very gorgeous. And with all of my lovely education groups, we've been tasked with a very important mission of looking for his poos and every time we see his poos we have to take a photo and send it to the rangers so they can try to find him. <laughs> well all of this news is is really heartening isn't it because this is exactly uh, why the eco sanctuary exists it's evidence that what you're doing is working. Well we're so lucky and yes it is a testament to the power of a protected paradise like Otokunui that that when you do make a space safe, there's just so much that you can achieve. And it also gives us a sense of what we once had and what we can have again everywhere if we continue to make our wild spaces safer and safer for our native species. The Eco Sanctuary is a, is a wonderful spot for um, for photographers. And I, when I've been wandering around the eco-sanctuary, I've come across one or two, and some are, are regular visitors there, aren't they, documenting what they see um, for the eco-sanctuary's purposes, but also for for their own um, enjoyment, bird watches and so forth. Uh, photography um, has changed so much in, in recent years, hasn't it? Everybody, well, most people are carrying around quite a high-powered camera in their own pocket, and they can capture some beautiful images just um, just straight out of the bag, as it were. And uh, the uh, eco-sanctuary uh, is celebrating the power of photography too, isn't it? Oh, yes, and every year, and I would encourage you to get involved, Jess, and I'm sure you'd take amazing photos. Every year we won a photography competition, and this all goes towards our calendar for the following year and we have all sorts of different categories so we have category for under 12 and we have a fauna category and we have a flora category and we have invertebrate categories and Waimari the eel you know my dear friend who I really love she has appeared a few times in the calendar which is very exciting so water waves and all that sort of thing but really as you say, because technology is just moving and moving all the time, we now have a phone category this year. So I really would encourage everybody who visits the Eco Sanctuary to submit their photos because having them featured as part of the calendar is 
very great honour. And as you say, when you are in that mindset and you are in that space of really appreciating these little moments that you want to capture, you do see a lot more. If you visit the Eco Sanctuary, of course, um, you on your way in, you'll notice a wonderful little gift shop there, and it's great to have a little bit of browse around. You can find something special for yourself. But also, um, the Eco Sanctuary makes a, a lot of these wonderful products available online. You do have an lo- online shop, Tahu. Oh, yes, and it's fantastic. And, you know, we really are just so honoured by all of the local artists and artisans that we can feature in the shop it's really important to us to support local creative people we're very lucky that as part of the readers and writers festival we had wonderful Lynn Freeman visit us and she took lots of great photos but also highlighted the fact that you know we are celebrating so many local artists in the shop and the wonderful Melissa Boardman the great illustrator visited us as well so I think we'll be doing a little bit more with her coming up in the future but Yes, we're so lucky to have wonderful artists like Liz Abbott uh, showcased in the shop. You can hop online actually, uh, go to the autokanui.nz website and you can take a good look at some of the range of products here. Absolutely beautiful stuff, uh, locally made almost exclusively and uh, they will make wonderful things for yourself, of course a special gift. Another thing that you can get your hands on there is the wonderful coffee. We've talked about the coffee, the the, the, the many different blends that you have available uh, at the Orokanui Eco Sanctuary to take away with you. But you can also subscribe to be a coffee subscriber and so you get your your regular fix, as it were, of the coffee of your choice ground the way you like it. Uh, and uh, this morning you've got a special offer uh, for a giveaway for one of our awesome morning show listeners, Tahu. Yes, so we would love to offer a month's coffee subscription to a beautiful, wonderful, amazing listener and supporter of Otakunui Eco Sanctuary out there in our fantastic community of Dunedin. And I, I am a a heavy subscriber of the coffee and we roasted ourselves up at Orokunui and it's just wonderful to know that all of this love, all of this care has gone into the coffee but not only that when you when you drink it, when you enjoy it you know that all of that support is going right back to the eco-sanctuary so a wonderful way to, to wake up every morning. <laughs> well, I imagine there's a few people out there right now who've got their hands around a nice warm mug of, of coffee. Uh, wouldn't it be lovely to have a subscription to the blend of your choice from the Eco Sanctuary? We're going to give you details on how you can be the winner of that subscription in just a moment. Coffee lovers, get by your phones. So in the meantime, Tahu, it's always been wonderful to talk to you, of course, and I look forward to, uh, to our next conversation in a fortnight. In the meantime... Uh, we ask you to select a music track to send us out with. Tell us about this one. Oh, you're so kind to me, Jeff. Well, as we know, we are in New Zealand Music Month and we're so lucky here, of course, we have such diversity in our music. And for me, I really feel that our connection with the land and the landscape, the whenua, that really informs our, our creativity here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And so... As we know, we are moving towards a colder time of year and as a species, we're so inspired by these changes that take place in the environment around us. So the song really speaks about that emotionality of of changing seasons and what that can 
evoke for us. And it also features the beautiful Mahimurangi Toka, who's just such a stunning singer. So, yes, this is one of my absolute faves at this time of year. We're going to take a listen to Straw People's Winter in just a sec. Tahu, kia ora, thank you so much for joining us on the awesome morning show. Have a lovely week and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. You too. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Kakite. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.